those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Welcome, everybody. This is Room Tone, the radio show, and here we are on 100.5 FM Cop Radio. I'm Ruggiero, your host, talking movies because we love it right here, right now. And I say we just head dive right into it because today we have two very sparkling guests. I want everybody to raise your hands for Javier Badillo and Cheyenne Bayat. How are you guys doing? Hello, hello, hello. How, how are you, Ruggiero? Thank you We're for having here. us. We're here. Yeah, pleasure. A pleasure to have you around. And, uh, you know, life is the art of meeting. And this is how it goes. Cool. And I'm really happy that we're here to chat a bit more about our passion for film. And there is a lot that we can talk about. We're going to head dive into this pool of amazingness. But let's set a, a gravity core, right? What is the gravity core today? Well, I guess it's going to be Roads of Etheria. And I'm really curious to hear from you guys about this project. So first things first, who are you? Cool. Hi, I am Javier. I'm Cheyenne. Yeah, I'm Cheyenne, yes. And uh, we're uh, two friends uh, who make movies together here in Vancouver. <laughs> That's yeah. uh, pretty well put right there, everybody. <laughs> and the beautiful thing about the film community here in Vancouver is that so many people are good friends. And it really goes down to that community, right? Connecting with people and enjoying the process. And let's get a little bit more into the detail. I know that Javier is a director and Sean uh, is an actor. And so I wanna, I'm very curious to hear about how this all came together. Cool, yes. Uh, I think, uh, well, Cheyenne and I uh, met each other in uh, at Langara. We went to Langara Film School like in 2008. 2008, yeah. Eight, yes. And, uh, and, and then, then we started making short films together. And, um, and so, you know, fast forward to, to now and we've collaborated on our first feature together. Mmm, isn't that tasty right there? Holy <laughs> moly, that's quite something right there. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, a big, big point right there. Having the chance to work with friends and make a feature film, you know? That's a big word right there. How do yeah, you feel, Sharon? It's a lot more work than, than anything else we've ever done, for sure. But, uh, I mean, uh, I think it took from conception until we, we actually finished. Uh, we're, we're now halfway through, like, uh, post-production. But I think from conception, it... it it started uh, to 2017, or was it? Yeah, 16. Yeah, 2016. Mm -hmm. Really? End of 2016. Oh my God! Okay. So 2016, you have the dream right there. So it's been three years right now. At least three years. And now wow. it's three years. Yeah. Wonderful. What's the stage? Where is the film at? Uh, we're doing sound now, so there is a rough cut, and um, we're working on ADR. Uh, so we're uh, maybe like a third of the way through post-production mm, yeah. amazing wow guys I wish you all the best because I saw the teaser wow that's uh, really strong and the premise is genius how mm. did that uh, come to life well, Cheyenne uh, Cheyenne is good at coming up with uh, high concepts that uh, that really grab um, uh, a very uh, um, a very strong moral uh, dilemma you know mm, that that contrast right that dilemma mm -hmm. yeah. what, what am I going to do how am I going to do it Cheyenne I'm yeah. really curious to hear from you about yeah. that um, well, I, 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 I don't, I, you know, um, I've been very, 
intrigued by by the the, the strife in in Syria, um, and I felt that a lot of the politics had overshadowed the the you know the the human suffering, and I I wanted to do something that captured that without. Um, without having any pol political affili affiliations. So I wanted to find a unique sort of story device that would help me create, you know, use my character, use my protagonist um, uh, in by stripping him down just to his humanity and, and leaving everything else out um, and letting him sort of rediscover himself. We discover him as he d just rediscovers himself. And it, because it, it was free of those political associations, it was then uh, it was another story that couldn't be like couldn't fuel somebody's fire. So mm. that's why I, I liked the, the premise. Thank you for sharing that, Cheyenne. And, and, and I'd love to hear actually from you so that also our audience can hear that that one sentence premise that is so captivating. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. So the story is um, about a character named Ahmad. And uh, Ahmad is uh, fighting somewhere in Syria, and he's shell-shocked. And after recovering from his shell-shock, he wakes to find that he can't remember which faction he was fighting for. And he's alone, and he has no, no clues, no indicators as to which, which side he was on. And so which, where the title of the story actually comes from, Roads of Ithria, he, he realizes he's close enough to a very small town right at the center of Ithria, um, where there's highways to the the major factions of the war. So he takes the time to head in that direction to try and figure himself out. High five in the booth, because that premise is, is woo, so tasty right there too. And, and that's as a writer, you know, as an actor and writer, you mm -hmm. definitely strike a really interesting balance. And that's when the collaboration with Javier came to play, because now Javier is a director, has also managed to blend and come together with the vision. Mm -hmm. How is that coming along? How was it for you guys to connect? How did you meet each other? Uh, well, I mean, we knew each other from way back, from high school, but uh, from high school, from, from film school. Um, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> it, might, it, it, was, it was like being in high school, actually. But, uh, uh, but I, I think we had, we had worked on short films together and everything, and we, we'd, we'd been, and we made a very successful short film, actually, that won contests and everything. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to work on a, on a feature that was within our reach, um, that was sort of within our resources, and... Intriguing enough for us that it was a, 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 a passion project that we could work on regardless of the business of it at the moment. Um, it's, it is important to us, the business end of things. It's just for this project, we really wanted something that we could, you know, express ourselves with and, and enjoy the process free of, you know, the constraints um, of making a commercial product. Um, so this, I think, came to us because we originally wanted, like, how can we make a film with just one person in the middle of nowhere hmm. and uh and we sort of racked our brains for stuff and i was sort of inspired by by my um by everything i had learned about syria so mm, wonderful and it's so interesting that you mentioned that because it seems like giving yourself the possibility to play with the limits of mm -hmm. that one character mm -hmm. it really pushes the boundaries of creativity we mm -hmm. need those boundaries to be as creative as possible and that's what i, I want to ask javier about it because uh, I'm, I'm so curious to hear about your reaction when reading the script and being invited to be part of the project thanks my man um well cheyenne uh, cheyenne uh, 
suggested that premise and I was captivated immediately. There was no script, so we sat together to brainstorm what best stories to tell and how to do a feature length, you know, an hour and a half, an hour and 20 minutes of a man walking in the desert. So we needed to find more than just a man walking in the <laughs> desert, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that gets tiring very yeah, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so, so much you can explore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we had yeah. to um, <laughs> find other angles to tell his story. So yeah. we found the past before the war. So there's flashbacks to the time that his mother and his sister hmm. were in before. And they, we introduced another character in the desert, a mysterious figure that captures him and takes him, you know? And so he is a bit of a dilemma because now he's following this character, but he also is remembering before the war. And we added another layer of what would happen if he had survived this story and becomes a refugee in Canada. So we have another layer of him in this, in this, uh, in this other reality. Uh, and they go side by side. Yeah. Wow, really and speaks to your guys' uh, uh, yeah. ability really yeah. to create so many layers into a story that uh, is such an interesting premise. It really speaks yeah. to your guys' ability to make that happen. Shane, you wanted to add that there's well, something there. Well, I was going to say, and it's all happening... Um, in different timelines, so there it's not it's not a linear timeline, um, which makes it you know all the more uh, difficult for us to work on. But it it hopefully in terms of connecting everything with theme and and um, and mood, it 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 will be smooth and the audience can follow along. Amazing. And congratulations on the trailer because there is a lot of there. And uh, I, we're going to put the, the website into the description of this podcast as well. And all of you out there listening, you can go on roomtoneradioshow.com, roomtonepodcast.com. We're reaching our 50th episode very soon. Wow. So everybody, keep your eyes and ears open and uh, you can go and check that trailer right there. And um, the website, roadsofetheria.com, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can Google it. It's the first thing that pops up when you Google Roads of Ithria. Mm -hmm. And if you misspell Ithria, it's okay because Google will correct you. Amazing. Thank you, Google, right there. g o Google, he's got it, man. That's amazing. He's got us covered. I want to ask you guys about your artistic background. To be able to come to this point and work on a film that requires so many different um, domains, you know, uh, and, and being able to navigate all those domains, I want to ask, what about your artistic background? Just you as individuals. Hmm. Well, I came to Canada in 2002 as an immigrant from uh, Venezuela and uh, and the whole experience of an immigrant kind of informs my my artistic decisions so uh, the stories that I choose to tell the stories that uh, that we work with uh, my music uh, all that is in, is kind of uh, you know shaped after the immigrant experience right um, and so yeah with Cheyenne is a different uh, yeah I mean I came here a while before that with my with my family in the um, uh, mid like mid 90s um, and uh, just I think what drew me in first was theater I did a lot of theater um, and then you know I worked I went to UBC and studied something completely different but then uh, I took time to uh, do more theater and then when I was working uh, on some professional theater work I um, I was encouraged to to try film school, so I I then I then went to film school, and that's where I met Javier, um, and uh, and sort of after that, just just did roles on TV shows and 
and such, but uh, I felt not as fulfilled by that, so I went back to school and studied writing. So, oh, wow. What an interesting journey right there. So yeah. did you guys uh, step into the same course? Uh, we, the Langara program pro offers a three-pronged uh, program. Mm -hmm. So you can choose to be a director, or you can choose to be a writer, or you can choose to be an actor. Oh, I see. In the same program. So you can share class. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess it was acting and directing for the two of you, and yeah, then right. Cheyenne really had dived into writing. That's, yeah. an, uh, that's yeah. an amazing yeah. story right yeah. there. So I went back again in 2010, and I did the, the writing program. Um, because I you know I, I i didn't feel like there was enough going on here i didn't like a lot of the content that i that i had been seeing and rather than you know moan about it i i decided to you know I, i'd like to do my own stuff and i'd like to know you know i'd like to have a, a good foundation for doing it well and i really liked our instructor uh at at langara gary fisher Um, I, I liked his, you know, method, and uh, and I didn't have enough class, classes with him as an actor, so uh, it seemed like a good opportunity to to go back, um, take that stream, and uh, and come out, you know, ready to work on 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 content that I'd like to actually be a part of. Wow, would you go back and do the same thing? Uh, would I do the same thing? You mean like to a different stream, or would, would you would you would you repeat? the past or would you change something about it uh you know i, I mean I've, i've always told people people ask me like uh you, you know oh you're first of all you tell them you work in the film and tv business and they think you're you know you're you're <laughs> one of the hollywood guys and it's like no that's not that's not the experience for the vast majority of people in this business but um so they and then they ask well how do i get into it how do i do that and honestly i would tell them go to business school If you, if you want to do this thing professionally. I mean, if you want to do it for, for fun, for the joy of it, which is great, and, and I think it is, a, it is, a, it is something that you um, suffer for and take pleasure out of um, at the same time. But uh, if you want to do it as, as a career, go to business school, learn the, uh, the ins and outs of running a business, um, because those are the people that I see that are most successful commercially um, and career-wise in this business. And then all the skills of filmmaking, um, all, all the art, you can, you can do in bits and pieces. You can go to film festivals and, and go to panels. You can take workshops with great writers, directors. Um, you can take acting workshops. All that stuff is totally worth doing. Uh, and you can get them in pieces that you really need rather than somebody deciding for you and curating that. To, in order to put them all together, you'd have to have a business plan. I see what you mean. There seems to be really a strong uh, uh, and important aspect related to, of course, the money, how the money flows, because the money needs to flow, and that's how we can get to live yeah. as storytellers and filmmakers. Now, it seems like selling a movie is also like selling a shoe, you know? You really got to treat it like a product, right? Um, and it, it's a product that rotates and pivots around one specific idea. Now, Javier, you've had the chance to go and through so many different ideas, even uh, through your role as a head programmer for the Vancouver Show Film Festival. How was that experience for you? Uh, yes, I've, it, it's been a, a wonderful experience. I, I've volunteered for the Vancouver Short Film uh, Festival since 2012, and they are a wonderful 
a platform for new filmmakers to showcase their best work and uh, so I've I've been fortunate that I've had to see you know I've, I've seen a lot of good short films very good very good shorts coming out of uh, British Columbia uh, and um, and that in turn you know helps me to find what the good stories are in in the work that I that I decide to to do what was the most inspiring moment for you in the past uh, six to seven years when it goes down to the film uh, aspect of your life the most inspiring wow yes, that's a yes, good question yes, uh, yes. you've come across so many wonderful stories and I, I feel the urge to ask you this question you okay know? yes I see um, uh, in terms of story in terms of finding story the, the, the fact that uh, that Cheyenne comes up with great concepts that immediately spark uh, a conversation and um, and uh, the fact that that it's it's important for you to find a partner that you're able to be on the same wavelength with and you both respect each other and to me finding someone like Cheyenne that is able to speak to me in different levels you know as a friend but also as a professional and uh, that we respect each other's uh, artistic contribution that to me is is you know is a is a very very important and inspiring um, uh, step in my career as a filmmaker you know wow that's beautiful right there huh mm. that's a that's that's really the juice of community you know that the juice of that connection and the juice of collaboration because I've seen the stills from the website mm -hmm. wonderful stills by the way and wow you guys really seem to be working so close together really intimate but yeah. effective and powerful you know how was that experience for both of you on set uh, well I mean uh, this it was kind of a unique thing for us to do because we've um, been wearing so many hats, different hats on this project. So we we're both producers of it. We've both worked on the screenplay, um, and I've taken on the the lead role, and and Javier's taken on the directing. So we have to um, often like f catch ourselves um, deciding what what. Uh, what role we're taking on at this moment when this conversation are we talking as producers or are we talking as uh, actor director or are we talking as co-writers what are we do what are we doing mm -hmm. um, so it 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 becomes challenging but we start to but because like like Javier said because we were sort of on the same wavelength uh, aesthetically um, we can find our our common ground and and sort of debate things and and question things but then listen to each other and and figure out what we're you know what our path together um and that's a that's a unique thing that's a very difficult thing that's a hard thing hard balance to f to find with uh with people you're collaborating with um but it's worked out you know it's worked out well for us i mean i think we've, we've worked on enough short films to to have to be confident that we could do this on a on a feature. Mm, I love the sound of that. Wow. So I should also mention that yeah. uh, our cinematographer Jay, uh, he's another long-term collaborator. Mm. And so he was also on board as a producer with us and he has a similar relationship in the same terms yeah. that we are friends because we've made short films together uh, and now we're all tackling our first Yeah. That's yeah. the advantage, everybody knowing each other and understanding each other's roles. Mm -hmm. Wow, mm -hmm. that creates a beautiful dance of, of roles and ideals because yeah. when you have so many yeah. people, that's when connections and, and, and you really get to step into new territories mm -hmm. creatively, right? And, and having good communication skills, which Jay Kamal, mm -hmm. to be clear, Jay is Kamal, what we were yes. talking about. Jay has been a trooper. Like He is definitely the guy we needed mm -hmm. for um, both artistically and professionally 
to help us get this done. We obviously could not get this done without without Jay's input. So it, we were very fortunate to. I mean, that was Javier's call, and um, I didn't I didn't know Jay that well. Uh, I met him once, I think, and uh, that was Javier's call. And I'm glad I listened. So that was a good <laughs> was a good example a good of me <laughs> listening to to my partner yeah, uh, because yeah. he ended up being um, a guy we could not do this thing without. Mm-hmm. That goes back to trust, right? Yes. Trusting the team, trusting your people, yes. and uh, that's awesome. And unfortunately, we're gonna have to take a little break. Sure. We're gonna take a little break, and uh, this is the surprise card right here because Javier right here is also a musician playing the congas. And so today, we actually have music from his own band, Caracas. So shout out to the Caracas band. We're going to play a, a track called Fairy Dust Mofo. We're going to hear a bit more about the story of the band as well right after the break. So everybody enjoy. Call Radio 100.5 FM. I'm Ruggiero, your host. Room Tone, the radio show. We talk movies right here, right now. Let's head dive into Fairy Dust Mofo. Enjoy.
Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the radio show on 100.5 FM Cop Radio. Everybody, raise your hands for Javier Badillo and Cheyenne Bayat because we're here talking about films. And today, our uh, one of our guests is actually a musician, and that's the music that you just heard, you've just heard, Caracas and Javier right here playing the congas. Man, tell me some stories, man. Tell me some cool, stories about Caracas. <laughs> Caracas is a band of, uh, I've started with my brother, Victor, uh, in 2011. And um, we just play in Vancouver. We've played in Vancouver. We played in Mexico. We played uh, um, on the West Coast, mostly in the Kootenays. And uh, it is a band called After the City that we were born. Caracas, you know, Venezuela. Beautiful, nice yeah. and pure and genuine right there. And I have to say, man, that energy. Woo, so much energy right there, man. Wow. Awesome, man. This combination of all these instruments and the congas laying in there. And I just want to take a moment because the congas are such a beautiful instrument. They're a beautiful instrument, yeah. How did that yeah. come to life for you? Well, look, I mean, it, I, the congas is not my main instrument. I, 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 I sing mostly in the band, right? Um, and the congas I play in live shows, right? In this record that you just played, Um, Emmanuel Moreno is the drummer, but he's also a conga player. He's a, a professional musician, incredible. This is in 2016 that, that you just heard, uh, and uh, that the version of Fairy Dust Mofo. And uh, he um, he's a Venezuelan drummer who now uh, lives in Ireland, uh, but he uh, he came up with the, the conga version for this one, which I learned to play live right mm, i see what um, you mean yeah. <laughs> interesting yeah. story right no, there. He's, he's a great guy yeah and and um, and, and the band has always uh, morphed so exactly we had heather anderson on the trumpet she came of a whole bunch of shows for a couple of years it's wonderful to hear so many different instruments mm -hmm. but they come together with so much yeah. energy and yeah. passion right yeah. and uh it, it really speaks to to the nature of the cohesion also that there is in the band and uh, it really translates so well even in the projects that we were talking about earlier roads of etheria you mm -hmm. know with uh, cheyenne right here as a writer Mm -hmm. and uh, sort of uh, uh, getting and, and, and catching that idea from the clouds and uh, making it uh, groundable, you and know? And Ruggiero, I tell you, uh, I've been a musician for longer than I've been a filmmaker and I always use being in a band as a great example to making movies because when you start playing in a band for your first show, the pub that you play is empty. Nobody cares. Every, one guy drinking beer, not even <laughs> looking at the band. You play, you play, and nobody cares. The more shows that you play, the more songs that you write, you become better musician. You know, people are starting to talk about your music. They come to your shows, you know, and before you know it, you have a full dance floor. Same. That really mm. speaks so loud to the nature of making film in the community, you mm. know? Because at the end of the day, it's about keeping, to, keeping the creation alive. Yes. Creating, 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 creating. And so, what's the next step for you guys? Uh, I, I would like to... I mean, I, I'm, I'm always sort of tinkering with various stories that I'm, I'm working on. I'm, I'm, I'm very sort of keen now to work on uh, episodic um, uh, pieces. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of that, uh, but we also have a project called Punk Noir that Javier has been very near and dear to Javier that we'd like to work on. So that's, that's being sort of developed uh, at the moment, and, and that's a feature. Mm -hmm. There's that one. I mean, there's always good to have a couple features in development mm -hmm. because um, uh, you never know which one will get moved faster. You know, mm -hmm. it's always good to have a few. It's almost like having cards in your hands and you just gotta play them at the right time, right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. 
Seems like a fascinating uh, chess game, the one that we have with life when we are creators, right? Yeah. The, li the life of a creator is pretty, uh, uh, you know, dynamic, changes yeah. all the time. It's pretty yeah. bold. How do you guys maintain that balance? Uh, the balance you know creative life making a living okay. getting yourself out there um, yeah I I, I I mean I think the, the busiest I was was while we were starting to write um, roads um, and I was working full-time at a at a production company and at the same time I was uh, I was also writing another uh, MOW script and uh, I think I was doing Roll Sound, which was a different show about film industry here. And uh, that was the busiest I think I was. And it was okay. I mean, in some ways, being you're better off being too busy than not busy enough. It keeps the energy going forward. I mean, Javier keeps really busy mo mm -hmm. most of the time. Yes, no, for sure. And, 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 and that's a good question, Roger, in terms of making a living while doing art on the side, you know, or if you're making uh, either it is music or film or, or whatever art form. Um, because there isn't necessarily a, a steady income from your artwork, you know, and, and so you have to always find a, a, a support uh, to keep the money coming in. So I've worked for many years in coffee shops in Vancouver, you know. I used to work um, in the film industry doing uh, electricity, lighting. Uh, I worked in the art department for a couple of years in the unions in Vancouver. But it tends to take all your time and energy. Mm. So you don't have time for your pet projects. That's a really good point you have right there. And there is a big difference that I really want to stress on because Working on movies and making movies is two very different things, right? Yeah. yeah. You see how it is really passionately going like, yeah, man. That's yes. Because, you know, we have to be very, very precious with our time and our creative energy. And at the same time, when you work in the film industry, you don't necessarily have the energy or the time mm -hmm. to then focus on your film. So that's a great victory for you guys just to even get to shoot Roads of Etheria. And mm -hmm. by the way, where was it shot? Uh, we shot most of it in Kamloops. Um, there's the right kind of terrain there that matched what we needed. And then we shot uh, the rest of it, a lot of the interior stuff in Vancouver, various locations, uh, at his house. Javier's house? Javier's house. Yeah, at, we destroyed uh, my house. <laughs> we filmed some, some bits at the Laughing Bean. Yeah, a shout that's out right. To the, the coffee Laughing shop Bean that I work. Shop. Yeah, they yeah. let me shoot in they the were, coffee shop. They <laughs> nice. were great supporters of ours. Um, yeah, yeah. And they were, they sort of, they helped us through a lot. Mm -hmm. So, they, you know, thank you to them. The Laughing Bean, yeah, they're um, amazing. Yeah, and uh, we Where filmed else? a little bit out in Lynn Valley. Oh, was yeah. it, no, uh, was that what it was? Yeah, in North the Vancouver, camps? in the in the trails, you know, out in the yeah. forest. Yeah, um, that's really smart, right there, huh? Yeah, it's nice, you know, and and it's easy and accessible. Yeah, keeping yeah. it all in in BC. I, when I it's saw the, BC, the stills, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like, man, these guys took planes. I was like, wow, that's pretty smart. I know, that, yeah. That you that, guys... The look out there in Kamloops is is phenomenal. Good it stuff. Was, it was very. We were fortunate to have something that was so similar. Good stuff. So, yeah. what's the wildest dream from now? The wildest dream, the biggest dream, fearless dream for you guys. <laughs> uh, a couple Oscars, you know. Uh, and, uh... <laughs> I honestly, like, like I said, like I, 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 I'm sort of, I'm now that we have a, this uh, project under our belt, and I'm, I'm very happy with it, and um, I'm, you know, I can see it only getting better with good post production. Um, I'm, I'm very keen on working on 
a story that is episodic so that I can you can build characters and and a world and then mature it over many installments that's that's something I'm very very keen on mm, TV and, and having that sort of episodic feel to it is really a character driven uh, yeah, medium it is and I mean it's not necessarily going to be television uh, I think television is in many ways sort of uh, on its way out and um, and we are looking at sort of webisodes so whether they're however you release it I mean it could be on a streaming uh, platform but uh, the 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 structure of television is is sort of becoming obsolete mm. um, so I, I'm, I'm mostly focused on like I don't really I'm not so concerned now about the commercial uh, breakdown of it whether it's like a six act so that you can fit in all these ad spaces or whatever I'm not I, I think the most powerful stuff are are like proper hour-long episodes that you see on Netflix or Hulu or I can resonate with that because giving the, the the audience the chance to immerse in the world yeah. at the end of the day that that's what it's all about. You want to yeah. tell a story and you don't want people to get distracted. You in know, and yeah, and and not be confound to a structure that needs to be able to incorporate these breaks in the middle of it. Uh, story structure is it. another great point right there. I really want to head dive in there because I'm curious to hear how you guys managed to structure this story with so many different layers. Did you guys sit down with a pen with a timeline or like how did that go? Oh, yeah, that's, well, I mean, that's uh, took like two of the three years two years <laughs> of just writing this yeah. um yeah so just just going back and forth with what we what the original concept was and then figuring out what are the what are the elements that we're not exploring here and then finding new devices to do that and then and, and, and we went through a lot of iterations of that before we settled on this mm, you know this really reminds me of, a, of an incredible read that i suggest to all filmmakers out there it's called a story by robert mckee uh mm -hmm. yeah. what an incredible it's almost like a bible sometimes oh, yeah. uh, they mention is a bible of writing and uh there is that really reminded me of the power of the story itself you know mm -hmm. And it's really easy to get stuck uh, on the on the medium, the camera, and all that. That's a tool, right? What is the substance of the story? And that goes back to structure and substance. Mm -hmm. That leads to something I'm very, very fascinated uh, about. It's really fascinating. I find it really fascinating. The contrast between the substance and the structure of filmmaking. Where do you guys start from? Hmm. Uh, well, for, for me, it definitely starts with substance. Because... You, you know, you, you could have a great structure, but it, it's if you don't have anything to say, if you don't have a message or you know a, a point to make, then you're that's you have no foundation for this structure. It's just going to be something that looks pretty good, but it'll collapse as soon as you test it. And and I think that that's what helped us get through this with with Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And it, good substance will create a story that will attract friends, people that want to help you. As soon as you tell a concept of a story that resonates and people can see the story in their heads because it's so strong, uh, they will want to help. They will want to come and participate in one way or another, you know. Um, it, yeah, it, that's been my experience anyway. When you when you have a strong idea, people want to come and help you make it a reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it seems uh, uh, like there is this uh, big conflict going on because when starting with structure, people tend to uh, get the glass first and then pour the water, right? And many times when you just have the water and you're trying to find the right glass for it, it becomes becomes very, very, very um, hectic sometimes too because when we talk about structure, we're, we're also uh, talking about the financial structure of it and all that. So there seems to be 
quite a struggle there in, in, in the heart and the brain of every filmmaker. That's correct. It's mm. definitely the most, the more challenging, the most difficult way is to start that way. But it's also, I believe, the most rewarding if you get the right container for the water, you know, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, just to work on that analogy, I would say that you, it's a liquid, mm -hmm. that substance, mm -hmm. but you don't, but depends on what kind of, if, is it wine? Because you're going to want a different kind of container for that. Mm. So when you start with that, con when you, if you start with that container, that structure, and don't really have anything to express with it, uh, just the method by which to express it, um, I think you're going to be shooting in the dark a little bit. So mm. I, I would definitely start out with a point to make because that will, as soon as you know what this substance is, have you a good idea of it, the container will reveal itself. I love that analogy, man. That was great. And it's really when you get to play with both substance and structure that you can create new drinks like sangria or stuff like that, man. You get sure. that yeah, stuff mix out and there. Match, <laughs> but, you gotta, you know, but once you know what you have, what you actually yes. have in hand, then, then the rest of it really can pop. Uh, you. you guys like sangria? Yeah, man. Yeah, awesome. doesn't like sangria. <laughs> Who doesn't? Mm, I love it right there. I love it. Oh, my God. Woo. We got to take another break right here. We're overheating here in the booth. <laughs> Call up Radio 100.5 FM. I'm Roger, your host, Room Tone, the radio show talking movies because we love it. Javier and Cheyenne right here talking about Rose of Ethereum. We're going to catch up right after the break. And this is another song from Caracas, Javier's band. So we're just going to get into it right away. This song is called Running. So I hope you're not running too fast in your car right there, but enjoy the track. See you later. <laughs>
Welcome back. That was Running from Caracas. We are extremely lucky to have one of the band members here with us in the booth on Room Tone, the radio show, Cop Radio 100.5 FM. I'm Roger, your host, Javier. How was that, man? How was that? Cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was running and uh, another song that me and my brother made here in Vancouver and um, and it is about uh, always having to run to your next appointment next meeting it would be, be groceries uh, pay rent it's always a rush in the city <laughs> yeah it really speaks to all, all the people even listening right now in your car or wherever even if, if you're listening it as a podcast you know you we all have things to do during the day but take a moment and acknowledge the present moment right here right now take a breath Enough with the breath, we're going to go ahead with oh, the yeah, episode. Let's okay, okay, let's go. Yes, yes, and this is a show we talk film here. We talk film on Rune Tone, the radio show, and we've been talking about Roads of Etheria, the film that you guys have been working on, Javier and Cheyenne, and uh, thank you for being here and, and sharing with us a little bit more about what's going on now. We're just going to get into the one-minute picture. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Javier is ready. We're going to hit that clock and go for the one minute, okay? You ready? Okay, we're I'm gonna ready. We're going to go. Three, two, one, let's go. Okay, this story is called Punk Noir, and it is about... Um, a reporter girl who um, who returns to the city to find out that her, his that her ex boyfriend has been stabbed and killed in front of a of a punk rock venue that they used to go to shows and those, so the police says that it's just a drug crime but she says no he was clean there was no way that it was like a drug crime the cops dismiss it so she starts to investigate and she starts to find and uncover a gentrification plot by the university to um, to cheapen the value of the land by creating crime and therefore they would be able to buy the punk rock venue demolish it and build the university <laughs> wow, that was a pitch right there. Holy moly, Javier. Wow, man. This, that's quite another premise right there. We got yeah, a combination yeah. of premises going on yeah, here. That's yeah, not that's, to underestimate, that is, huh? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Mickey Bukowski's uh, screenplay that I optioned uh, about five years ago. And, um, and John Pavel and I have been uh, working on it as a in development for about five years now. Uh, and yeah, so we're just doing rewrites and rewrites. Wow, man! What would be the the aesthetic of a film like that? What would be the aesthetic? Oh yeah, it's it's dark. It's um, it's um, it's it's definitely not. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's a film noir. You know, it's a modern noir, and uh, it is all in Vancouver, set in our modern society and the dysfunction that happens uh, in living in a in place like this. Mm, wow! Looking forward to it. Give me a name. Give me a name. It's called Punk Noir. Punk Noir, amazing. Yeah. Don't forget that Punk Noir, <laughs> save that name on the desktop of your mind and then we'll get back to it later. <laughs> amazing. Cheyenne, it's your time to do the one minute pitch. Are you ready? I'm gonna hit that clock. Sure. Three, yeah. two, one, let's go. Uh, so the the concept I've been working on is called Regenesis and it is a uh, episodic series, um, probably as a, as a mini-series. Um, and it's about a group of children who wake up on this desert island and uh, they don't know how they got there. They don't know uh, who their parents are or what their background is or anything. Um, but what they do have is a wealth of scientific knowledge and they can build things. They understand math and, and um, uh, various kinds of sciences and everything, but it's all sort of pre-programmed into them. And... Uh, they have to discover why they're there, uh, and they have to discover who's put them there. Um, 
I don't want to give away exactly what happens, but it's the idea is that it's an experiment that's being done. And then every episode is a five-year gap. So every episode, we see them five years older and older and older. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a basically an experiment on humanity that without history and dogma. Wow, that's another great pitch right there. Holy moly, you guys have premises right there. And there seems to be a lot of uh, um, uh, self-exploration through your concepts, Cheyenne. Is yeah. that something that, that has been recurring throughout your life, something that you feel close? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, 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 what I liked about this concept or what brought me to this concept was um, actually quite similar to Roads of Ithria. Again, it's, it's about having a clean slate. And in, in the case of this, um, I just like the idea of, of exploring the concept of whether humans are, you know, inherently um, uh, unbalanced with our world and uh, our, if our behavior is inherently uh, meant to drive towards greed and conflict um, because that's a growing thing in our, in our society. So I... I wanted to have a, a, a device with which to clean the slate and say, okay, if we have everything we've learned, all the good things we've learned, and, and take away all the, the history and the dogma that, that has divided us, are these children who are of different ethnicities and different backgrounds, are, are they going to be able to come together? Or are mm. they going to fall apart like... Like we're seeing. Man, I love watching Cheyenne explain the story. Look at how he moves his hands. Yes. He's sculpting with his hands <laughs> while he's telling this. Wow. We, you, you guys, I know you guys on the other side can't see it, but <laughs> man, you got to trust my words the whole good, show. Uh, good, good, uh, yeah, that's what I was telling Rogerio earlier on. The, um, my family's from Iran or Persians. Um, Iranians are the Italians of the, the Middle East. We, <laughs> we speak with yes, our bodies a lot. Yes. So, yeah, that's a good description. That's great. And a lot of passion, a lot of heart yeah. right there. And it really speaks even uh, through your guys' art. You know, you got you to gotta really take it in and acknowledge it and embrace it. You know, it's uh, yeah. amazing that we're here yeah. fighting for what we love, yeah. fighting for what we want to love and keep loving. And uh, so that's, uh, that's you know, we got we to gotta give, uh, give ourselves a bit of a, of, a, of a round of applause for that because, you know, it's not, uh, it's not uh, something taken for granted, you know. Mm. We shouldn't take it for granted that you guys are fighting for what you love many mm -hmm. people don't even have the opportunity to do that mm -hmm. but having the opportunity to do that is great and we're capitalizing and maximizing yes, everything yes. on that so this is great we are approaching the end of the episode mm. unfortunately i would talk with you for so long guys <laughs> there is so much that we can talk about over here but before before we wrap it all up we actually have five questions from the proust questionnaire mm. I'm going to pick five questions randomly out of the first question, and we just get to talk a bit more about life and, and uh, yeah, just uh, put film aside for a moment. Sure. Because we're human beings first, right? Mm. So the first question of the first questionnaire is, when and where were you happiest? Wow. <laughs> Javi, what do you think? Or what do you feel? Um... I, I don't think it's a past tense. I think it's a future tense kind mm -hmm. of question. You know, I don't oh. think uh, I don't think happiness is in the past. You know, I think uh, happiness is something you build every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I love the sound of that. How do you feel about that, Cheyenne? Uh, I no, I totally get what he's what Javier is saying. Um, but I mean, it's it's a loaded question because it depends on on what you consider is your happiest moment. Uh, because there's various kinds of happiness. There's there's joyful happiness, there's excited happiness, there's exhilarated happiness. I would say that um, one of the most 
most profound moments of happiness that I've had is a is a Zen kind of happiness. And weirdly enough, I think that was when I was um, in motorsports. I was race. I was racing cars. What? And, um, and there's a there's a few moments that I recall when I had sort of gathered it all together and managed the 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 car, the tires, and the track, and put in such a focused, you know, m- state of mind to bring it all together and do a lap that was your fastest lap but it wasn't aggression it wasn't forcefulness you're not you know forcing the car to do anything you're sort of so in the moment with the car and it's all an extension of you it's almost an out of body experience that was weirdly a very satisfying wow. moment of, of zen and happiness. This is one of the best answers That's I've cool. had in a long time to yes. this question, man. And yes. how is it possible that your experience in motorsport hasn't come out before in this episode? That was crazy. You know, I, I, I haven't done it in a long time. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's an expensive sport to get into. And, and when you're filmmaking, too, you, you, uh, it takes up a lot of your time. But it... it uh, um, it, it is a, a weirdly Zen thing to do because it focuses your mind so much. And as, as somebody who has a, a mind who's, that's always sort of moving from one thing to the next, it's a very unique experience for me. Getting into the flow state right there. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And you had a really interesting point right there saying, you know, there are different types of happiness. It really goes down to reminding ourselves that happiness and joy are two very different things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And maybe happiness is not in the peak up the mountain, but it's in the journey uphill, right? Yeah, mm. exactly. I mean, and that's why, that's actually, that speaks to what Javier was saying, mm-hmm. which is something that you build every day. And I, and I think that if you have those various kinds of, of contentment in your life, whether it's just being satisfied with what you've done, doing a good job of like cleaning your kitchen or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, the, it, it has to be peppered throughout there but because we can't always be racing cars or climbing the mountain that's another great man mm, you guys nice. mm, so much juice in here man wow <laughs> hitting that that target so many times on this episode this is beautiful and that's taking us to the second question of the Proust questionnaire we're gonna have to cut some questions on but we're getting deeper you know sometimes uh, diving deeper is, is better than sure. than exploring further so we're mm-hmm. just gonna go to the second question what do you most value in your friends wow mm-hmm Wow. Yeah. There's a lot there, but you got to let it out. You got to let it out. (laughs) That's also a very loaded one. Yeah, loaded. Um, (laughs) Why not? Friends. um, um, I would would probably start with um, honesty. Uh, And uh, like in many ways, um, you know, tough, tough love and brutal honesty because that's the hardest thing to give somebody. and uh, if it's done skillfully, that's the problem with tough love because we don't often know how to do it. Um, we shy away from it because we don't know how to express it. But um, I, I've had friends who have done that for me, and I know that it wasn't easy for them. But they did it tactfully, and they did it with, uh, they did it earnestly, and uh, and I appreciated that about them. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you for that, Shan. That's awesome, mm-hmm. Javier. How do you feel about it? Yes, I, I was um, I was gonna go on a similar tangent in in trust. You know, yeah. I was gonna say that trust would be the that quality that I'd be that I would appreciate in in, in friendship, because I, I believe that from trust you can open up and be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, in a way that that um, 
that if you didn't have that trust, it'd be harder to 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 express. Trust is a common theme that comes out with that question, and it really goes down to the nature of of being human. You know, if we can trust. Uh, someone you know that has a heart and a brain mm. you know then we can trust also the environment that's around us and that's the hardest thing to trust right yeah, Hard, totally. life is the hardest thing to trust at the end of the day and uh, probably the, the biggest gift you know is learning to trust mm. life full to the fullest yes. you know but you know it's it's with the as we go ahead you know mm. and I'm so optimistic I feel so positive about what human humanity can do you know we are thrown problems because we can solve them and that's only how humanity can grow by solving those problems right mm -hmm. so nice. we can make we can we're these all these issues in our in our life are are, are not only as individuals but as a species are opportunities that are thrown to us to grow as a mm -hmm. species. Awesome. There is something happening later on for us. So eyes open, mm -hmm. eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers, because we're about to wrap up this whole burrito. Mm -hmm. We gotta make it happen. We gotta go before, before we launch the last song, always mm -hmm. from Caracas. Woo. I want to ask you guys to share a piece of advice with filmmakers. So, what's your piece of advice for the filmmakers listening out there right now? Uh, okay, uh, my advice would be to not race. This is a marathon, and um, and it's at your own pace. You know? Yeah. Wow, so tasty. You guys gotta. Oh, this is overheating up in here. Oh my God, yeah. holy. Yeah, I, I, and I, I would just add to that to say that you know don't don't uh, don't wait for anybody to do it for you. Um, don't wait for anybody to make it easy for you. Don't wait for anybody to hand it to you. You should go get it done. You know, set your deadlines and go get it done. And, and that's, that's the only way you're going to take a step forward. Wow, I love the sound of that. This was an incredible episode. Thank you so much, guys, for coming over. Javier Badillo and Cheyenne Bayat Thank here you. on Cop Radio 100.5 FM. I'm Ruggiero, your host on Room Tone, the radio show Thank right you, here. Ruggiero. Thank Talking you, Talking movies because we love it. Of course, it's a pleasure. Thank you guys for coming over and yeah. sharing your passion. Awesome. I'm going to pass it over. Where the day goes on, and even if it's cloudy, we're going to bring the sun, and we're going to launch into the rest of the day with a song from Caracas. Mm -hmm. So everybody enjoy. I'll catch you next Thursday, 11 a.m. For now... This is uh, El Ultimo Dia de La Familia Buen Día.
Esperanza en el bien 